It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. On this RTT, what you've done here is really groundbreaking. There's nothing like this that's been done. Hell yeah, we should be asking for that. And hell yeah! should be doing that ice cube and his demands for black america politicians should never think oh i got you they should always think i gotta do more to get this vote this is an important conversation to have but we just can't say well nobody's doing anything for us what is it that we want we've been putting dignity before dollars now it's time for us to put them dollars up there with the dignity van jones we love to compete on an even playing field there's something wrong with the game nfl superstar brandon marshall the first time i I voted, it was like a pop quiz for me that I wasn't prepared for. The first time I voted was hands down most stressful day. <laughs> and a new family face joins the table. As a black woman, just want to say it is just so awesome to sit here with three black men who are so intelligent. <laughs> All right, well, let's bring Tyler out. Yay, Tyler! Welcome. This is beautiful. So much brighter than it looks on TV. <laughs> Tyler is a talented musician, filmmaker, actor, and a close family friend. And he's extremely passionate about today's RTT, so we had to have him at the table. What you're going to hear at this Red Table affects all of our lives in a big, big way. It's historic and has an impact on every single one of us, and we cannot wait to talk to the man behind it. So let's welcome the one and only Ice Cube. Ice Cube. 
He's an icon. Straight out of Compton. Crazy named Ice Cube. A movie star. Domino. And a successful business owner. I want to welcome everybody to the launch of Big Three. Now, legendary rapper Ice Cube has created a brilliant contract with Black America. Shortly after the death of George Floyd, Cube assembled a team of experts and wrote a 22-page plan to right the wrongs of the past. Fed up with the lack of progress, Cube is insisting laws must be changed in all areas of inequality. His goal? Everything from better schools, higher-paying jobs and health care, to major police reform. Cube is demanding politicians sign the contract to earn the black vote. How y'all doing? Good. What's up with y'all? Cube, I know that you decided that you wanted to do this contract once George Floyd was murdered. Of course, after seeing that with George Floyd, it kind of shook me to my core. You know, seeing a man face down on the ground like that, you know, with this white officer, you know, looking into the camera, just taking a black man's life, having the man scream for his mama, it, it just reminded me of stories I heard of when a slave or somebody would get out of line and they would pull everybody around yeah. to show the discipline and made everybody watch and live that horror. Yeah. So I canceled everything. You know, I was supposed to go on Good Morning America that day. And uh, I just canceled that. I was promoting a movie with Tracy Ellis Ross called High Note. Mm -hmm. which yeah. is actually a good movie, but... Thank you, thank you. But I couldn't take it no more. I just was so mad and so hurt. But then I was like, something needs to change. Something needs to be done. And we need to get some experts together, and we need to put together something that's concrete that we all, no matter who you are, can grab a hold of and say, damn, this gonna help my people. Voting is great, but voting with a purpose is better. Yes. Like, we're going to get something from this. You tweeted recently, Cube, I've turned into a single-issue voter. My single issue is whoever does the most for black Americans will get my vote. If you leave us blank, I will leave you blank. I feel like, yo, it's, it's somebody that I'm not digging, I'm not going to vote for you. I love all minorities, but... We need to specifically deal with what's happening with Black Americans yeah. because we're the ones who've really suffered from slavery all the way back in the day. So when you start looking around, you say, damn, everything needs to be fixed. So I said, well, you know, what are we asking for as Black people? I'm telling you, Q, putting something like this together really helped me get more educated. You think you know and you understand, but it really enlightened me on a, on a lot of things. I was just gonna say this contract is so important because there's so many black Americans in particular that are dissatisfied with both the Republican and the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And they feel like the parties aren't doing anything for them. Right. But we have to have an ask. Yes. We have mm -hmm. to come to the yes. table. We just can't come out and say, well, nobody's doing anything for us. Mm -hmm. What is it that we want? Right. And we also have to understand that people kind of treat us like all black people think alike. That is not true. Yeah, right. We are individuals true. just like everybody else, and we have different opinions on how things have to run. Exactly. So here's what I think. A lot of people think I don't, I say don't vote, but that's not true. My thing is, politicians should never think, oh, I got you. Oh, he gonna vote for me. They should always think, I gotta do more to get this vote. 
and they will do more. All parties have to pay attention to our needs. All parties have to pay attention to what we need done. We got to let them know, hey, with y'all, but y'all got to do more. Right. Or we got we to gotta start doing something different because what's happening is one party is putting us in their pocket and one party is not paying attention to us at all. Mm-hmm. And so we're not getting anything. Mm-hmm. So we got to break loose of that. Mm-hmm. We got to say, hey, you want this, you got to work for it. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. care what party you come from. Right. So that's how we're going to get more things done. We're going to have to shake the trees a little bit. We're going to have to turn these politicians over and shake their pockets out. Got to do it. Right. Can't yeah. let them cruise. Can't <laughs> let them cruise. Right. I feel you on that. Now, we're going to go through the contract for Black America and bring on best-selling author, attorney, and CNN political contributor, Mr. Van Jones. Yes. Where you at, Van? It is so nice to have some black men at the table. Some black Black men. men. I've been begging to come. Every every time, I'm like, (laughs) please, baby, please. (laughs) First, I just want to say, I'm mad at Ice Cube because he had come and messed up the whole game politically. Everybody was trying to do it the sneaky way. Everybody was trying to... <laughs> Cube just said, no. <laughs> we want some yes. stuff. We didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> we like, we could actually ask for stuff? That's, that's, that's yes. what we want. <laughs> so, you but know, let I... me tell you, that man, this really gave me an opportunity to really break down and go like, hell yeah, we should be asking for that. And hell yeah! should be doing that. For me, it was a real education, but let's start with some proposals in the contract that jumped out at me. Um, Q, you want to change the way schools are funded. That's so important. Oh, my goodness. Right now, it's based on local taxes, you know, property taxes, and that that just can't be. I think that's crazy because you're going to have better taxes uh, revenue in the in the better neighborhoods, and you're going to have poor tax revenue in the poor neighborhoods. And what what it should be done is the state should look at all the students and divide the money up evenly, and that would make our schools better overnight because they would be better funded. Yeah, uh, that really jumped out at me. If you look at other countries, that's how they do it. You know, they have one pot, and then it's per student. Right. Uh, and that way. Schools that need a boost will get it overnight. In some schools, they'll live with a little less money going to them. You know, maybe you, you're not able to get a new gym this year, or you might not be able to get a new artificial turf. But it's really important to give students a chance in, in poor neighborhoods. This is a major thing. You got kids going to school now, 33 kids in a classroom, six books, no chalk. Right. And then literally, you can get in a car, and 15 minutes later, you can be in a school where everything is electronic, everything is a screen. Like, I don't mean different neighborhoods, like different centuries. Some of the stuff right. that, that Cube is talking about, uh, it, it may strike people who don't understand the problem as extreme or whatever, but you're dealing with extreme inequality. If they want us to be able to compete, fine. No, listen, we love to compete on an even playing field. Yes. But if you're going to give my kids a two strikes in your out policy and your kid has a 20 strikes policy, don't point to the scoreboard. There's something wrong with the game. And, and it starts with education. When we found out that the HBCU... The HBCUs, the disparity in the endowments that they're yes. getting. Like, there's 102 HBCUs 
Mm -hmm. And between all of them, they're getting $2.1 billion. Between all of between, them? Yes, $2.1 billion to spread amongst the 102 HBCUs. By the same okay. token, Harvard gets $40 billion just for that one school. That's crazy. That's what we're dealing with. You know, yes. we're dealing with a situation of total inequality. There was another point in the contract that I just loved. It was the mandatory civil rights mm -hmm. in anti-racism classes. Huge. Yes. That's so important. We got to teach our history. It's important for us to not sit back and let um, Texas or whoever come up with these books uh, teach right. our kids exactly. our own history. Mm -hmm. But we also need help economically. You know, we all come from something, you know what I mean? Yep. And we know how we was treated when we didn't have money. Yep. And we know how we treat it now. Yep. So if we could get a little more money into our communities, yes. I, I guarantee you the treatment would start to get better. Mm -hmm. wow, so, that's so true. you know, we've been putting dignity before dollars. Yeah. I think some, now it's time for us to put them dollars up there with the dignity. Right. Yeah. Wow. We have to close the wealth gap. Right. You know, we're 13.5% of the country. So why are we only getting 3% of loans? Wow. Some of these things that I was looking into, I was like, damn, this isn't already in place. You know what I mean? This seems like it's common sense that, right. you know, we should get more than 3% of loans that's given out in America. And when you really look deep into what's going on, there's no way for us to ever get on our feet Jeez. at this rate. Yeah. Right. You know, real. so... We got to do something different because we can't keep playing the same game. Speaking of loans, you know, there's a point in the contract where you talk about um, interest rates on black loans to be the same average rates as whites. They charge us more to get the money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they charge us more to even get the money. I think there's a lot of things the government could do. There's a lot of things the private sector can do. Right now, we're focused on the government because an election is about to happen. They try to make us think America is a household that's broke. And we don't have the money to get the new Jordans this year because we broke. <laughs> that's how they make us think. We ain't got enough money for y'all because we broke. <laughs> but America creates currency. It's a currency creator. That's why whenever there's a war, they go click, 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 and then the billions are there. Yeah. Whenever they, you know, this pandemic, click, click, click. click. Three trillion is there. Uh -huh. yeah. They always say inflation is going to run high if you print money. Exactly. But inflation hasn't moved. Mm -hmm. So the money is there to help the communities. We just got to push the politicians to do it. That is so real. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts but we loved is a podcast about queer history i'm jordan gonsalves your host growing up i thought being gay was the worst thing i could ever be the gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcasts, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. 
Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The crazy thing about it is, I mean, you just saw it happen. They, uh, you just saw the government fire three separate trillion-dollar cannons at the economy and didn't hit a poor person the whole time. So, you know, I remember when a trillion dollars was a lot of money. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot of money. This regime has fired three trillion, and they might do another trillion before Thanksgiving. So what he's talking about is true. It's It's reality. And the Fed has leaned in so far to make sure the stock market stays up. Look, you see people don't have jobs, people walking around here, don't have, people getting evicted by the gazillions right now while we're talking, don't have health care, can't see a doctor, but the stock market's through the roof. Why? Because of the right. Fed. Black people never talk about the Fed. Cube is causing a whole bunch of problems. I'm telling you, if you, if you start glitching right now, if it starts glitching, it's not your computer. <laughs> I know, because what you're saying, Cube, is I always be saying stuff like that, and people be looking at me like, no. And I'm like, no, this is real. Like, they're just... Right. And people think that people think that that's not how it works, but it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a real issue. Right. Yeah. The whole thing is, we can't be really looking out for too many other people, because we are pretty raggedy right now. It's time for us to get it together. Yeah. Yes. We got to understand we're living in a capitalistic society that only respects money. Yeah. Right. This society, money is their God. It's not our God, but it's their God. And we have to respect it as such. They don't care about people as much as they care about money. And until we get a hold of some of that, we're going to be treated like we have none of it. And that's what's happening. They've made us the weakest link in the chain. So you got to tighten up the weakest link. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's systematic. I wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of black banks. I talked to a, a, a leader of a black bank. And I said, well, what if we got government to pump more money into your bank so you can lend more money to black people? He said we don't really want government money because they're going to put so many regulations on it. Mm. Our customers can't jump through all these thresholds that they have to meet, to get the loans. Nobody really meets all these crazy requirements. So the key is to go in there and try to break down those regulations in a way and say, look, black money to a black bank, we got to do things the black way. You know, we got to be able to tailor make something for our customers so those things aren't mucking up the system where you know the money can't flow like it should cube 100 correct if you go to the government and have the government do it they're going to put in so much red tape or whatever you're going to wish you would even not have the conversation half the time yeah i talked to a guy at jp morgan who who they did an experiment where they lent money to over 400 people who normally couldn't get a loan at a regular bank they they kind of ease off the restrictions and let these people get a loan. He said, do you know how many people did not pay their loan back? I said, how many? He said, two. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Two. So when we get money and we're responsible, we pay it back because we know if we don't, they're going to give it to us. So (laughs) we, we are trustworthy if we can actually get the loan. Right. You want police reform in the contract. So give us the top line on this. 
qualified immunity, that's the key. Mm. You know, when people can do stuff to you and they know they're going to get off, um, then what's stopping them? Right. It gives them the go-ahead to to harm us. So qualified immunity got to go. I also think police should have, you know, liability insurance. If they misuse their gun or whatever, their power, they lose their license. A taxi driver needs a license. Right. You mess up your taxi cab, you take your license away, you can't. You can't drive your cab. You mess up as a cop, you take your license, suspend your license. So do you hate me more than being your family? Do you want to be racist more than you want to be a cop? You know, we pay for them to be police, and then we pay for them when they whoop us and, and, yeah. and we got to sue them. Taxpayers pay again to, to, to settle the lawsuit, identifying the, what's called the bad apples and mm-hmm. getting them off the force. Don't let them go to another police force down the road Kick them off. Right. It needs to be the nationwide database so we can see who these bad cops are and what they've done. I love what Cube was saying about, you, you know, do you want to kill this black man more than you want to feed your family? Mm-hmm. I just think that extra step will make a guy think twice before he hurts somebody for nothing. Exactly. Right. right. Especially right now, because you see time and time again that, that police officers are getting off when they're getting charged. They're not getting convicted for the crimes that they're right. committing. Yeah. So. It just keeps perpetuating the same thing. Oh, we're not going to get in trouble for this. So I can, I can, kill, can I can murder it. this man. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 The term is called impunity. Uh, you can do something with impunity, with where nothing happens to you. If you have eight hundred thousand people, which is how many police officers we're blessed to have. I'm from a law enforcement family, so I know a little bit about this. Besides being an attorney, if you have eight hundred thousand people, and you give them all guns, badges, batons, fast cars, tasers pepper spray, helicopters, dogs, the whole deal. And you say, go out and keep the peace. But we we, we respect you so much, we like you so much, no matter what you do, you will never be disciplined, demoted, Mm. fired, sued, or jailed. No matter what you do. The the police officers union have set it up where you can't be easily disciplined, demoted, or fired, even if everybody knows you're a cowboy. I I think the police need more services. I think they need more specialists to deal with certain things. We don't always need the tough guys to be police. You know, we just need the common sense guys sometimes. So defunding the police became a bad word. It really did. I understand that. But... We just want better police. Right. And you wouldn't have to defund anything if they just treated us right. Next, we have equal health care facilities in all neighborhoods, regardless of demographics. Yes. That to me, was... that just sounds like human rights. Like, to me, yeah, that just sounds like... You would think so. Yeah. Like, come on now. That should be basic. If you fix black America, the rest of America is going to be fine. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, right. if you get the people who are having real problems, but they do it the opposite. They take care of the communities that don't need the help first, then they say they have no money for everybody else. So it doesn't make sense. You saw with this pandemic the cumulative impact of our community not having access to health care. This pandemic jumped on us because we already had an epidemic of diabetes. We already right. had an epidemic right. of high blood pressure. We already had an epidemic of obesity. So we were like a, a yummy snack for this virus. That wasn't because of the virus, that was because of the racism in the public health care system before the virus got here. So some of the stuff that he's talking about will help black people, but it also will help everybody. A human rights agenda 
led by black people always helps everybody. I thought it was so interesting when you talked about the responsibilities of us as a black community. I just don't think we need to give up. We're kind of giving in to what's, what's out there. We're falling into this cesspool that they have for us to fall into. So we just got to fight harder to, to stand up right, clean up our communities in any way we can. I just don't want us to throw our hands up and just say, man, this is just how it is. We got to be like this because our neighborhoods are like that. Yeah. There's things we could do to fight the system. There's things we could do to fight the power. That's really what that's all about. Our condition is from hundreds of years of a system that really funneled us into this condition. So we really have to fight against that yeah. every day. Yeah. And we can't let a day go by where we relax and just give in and say, man, this is just how it is. We have to come up with measurable means to hold us accountable, just like we want to hold white America yeah. accountable. We have to hold ourselves See, accountable real, as well. That's the real thing. There's a certain level of importance that we're not putting on holding ourselves accountable mm -hmm. for what we're putting out about ourselves. Mm -hmm. What are we saying about ourselves? I feel like a huge dilemma for us as black people is that the media and the industry wants to see us in a certain light. Right. In the music industry, you're taught that, oh, if you're black and you rap about violence and money, that's gonna make you more money. Mm -hmm. Labels are gonna wanna sign you yep. if you're talking about violence more so if you're, than if you're a conscious artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Shout out Jaden. But, <laughs> but uh, how do we break the cycle? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a complicated role because when we first did our music in WA, we never thought we would be, you know, on the radio. We thought it was just gonna be straight underground music. Right. Sometimes you do something for the art of it, and then a company like Viacom will say, hey, this is pop, and they'll take it to the top. The, the positive music sometimes get pushed to the side, and, and the raunchy, hardcore stuff gets promoted, published, and, and pushed out there and marketed. And it puts an imprint in other young artists coming up to, yeah. oh, this is the way I must need to do it to get on. And artists can't be afraid to show something new. You know, showing something new is usually when you break out. I remember everybody was doing hardcore gangster rap, nothing could penetrate it. And then bam, Kanye come out with college dropout, you know, which <laughs> yeah. is Backpacks. you know basically <laughs> the backpack rapper's Bible. And, you know, so it's really all about having the courage to break the molds yeah. when you're an artist and, and not letting anybody put you in a box, not even your own community. Hollywood has been complacent mm -hmm. in, in our treatment in this yeah. country. You know, I think kids learn how to treat us when they're watching shows. You learn, okay, when I become a cop, this is how you do them. And they should look to do things to help us reverse that. We have to put pressure on these uh, companies that we love. You know, we watch their movies. We support them. It's time for them to pay back and help us create better images. If you produce something great and top shelf, people will come. You know, same amount of black people went to go see Black Panther yep. as went to go see Straight Outta Compton. I don't want to go back as far as Boys in the Hood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to date myself, but right. we need a place where we can get those made so we can give our people at least choice. So true. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
You said that you want a formal apology to black Americans. What would that look like? You know, to me, it would come from, you know, the highest office of the land. You know, the, the president, um, we could, we'll take it from the Senate. We'll take it from the House, Supreme Court, whoever uh, feel like uh, they want to really start making amends with what was done to our ancestors here in this country. That's what we want. And we do need the economic and social justice. You know, we're not asking for that. We're demanding that. Whether they apologize or not, you know, that's on them. But they got to do right by the people. I agree with, with Q. If I had to choose between an apology and a check, give me the check. However, it, it's very hard to make progress and so unthinkable right. that you would do something like that and then not acknowledge it. There's a global precedent for it. There's a historic precedent for it. The Germans, they I mean, they acknowledge what they, what they did when it came to the Holocaust. And everybody thinks that's appropriate because what was done was so horrific. Germany could not come back into the community of nations if they did not do that. I think another, another part of the problem is that white people think that, okay, because it wasn't me, it, it was my ancestors, right. we don't owe you an apology because I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. But the issue is not necessarily that it wasn't you, it's the systematic setback right. that leaves black people way behind in the race. Yeah, it wasn't you, but it happened okay. in your name. It happened on your land. It happened in your territory. Okay, you're not your ancestors. But if you're keeping their systems in place, yes. that's keeping us in the same position that we was in the, in the, in the 60s or, or before, you're going to have to acknowledge that you are perpetuating a system, and it's the same system that held us back. Not everything that can be faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until at least it's faced. And all we're saying is just yeah. face it. Just face up to it. Right. We, you know, we can't unbury all these people. We can't unlinch all these people. We can't unassault all of these women. But we have to be able to face it. And when we face it, everybody's right. shoulders can come down a quarter inch. Everybody can breathe a little bit more deeply than when some people are living in denial and other of us are living in rage. That's never, you're never going to come up with a sane outcome. You said something interesting, Van. Something just clicked for me as far as the necessity for an apology. If we as a nation can acknowledge what has happened, what has been done mm -hmm. to black people in this country, I feel like then it would help us move on a bit easier. You know what I'm saying? As long as we as a nation stay in a state of denial, mm -hmm. it makes it, it makes the struggle more Deep. difficult. Yeah. I mean, what I need is atonement. Yeah. I need action. Oh, yeah, yeah that's you know, part so. of it. At the end of the day, if the powers that be that run this country don't feel that it's fit to apologize, then the citizens are gonna, they're gonna yeah. take that as yeah. a cue. Yeah, yeah. That you're right. It has to be done in a ceremonial manner. Yep. And not with mama, hey, right. yo, hey, <laughs> atone, mm -hmm. actually do something, you know what I mean? Put your, we don't heard enough lip service, you right. know, that's why we here. You know, it's time for action. If you're in a family and it's Thanksgiving dinner and two of the children out of the 10 were horrifically abused mm. while they were children. And now you all have to sit at this table and act like nothing happened and mm. pretend yeah. that everything has always been cool. But then you, Oof. why is this child acting out? Why is this child unhappy? Well, it must be something wrong with them. If you don't acknowledge the history of that family and what happened, you can't understand yeah. what's going on. Now everybody has to pile lie on top of lie on top of lie when the reality yeah. is if everybody could just say, you know what happened to that child. 
Yeah. You know what was done to that child. Yep. Yeah. Now, what are we going to do as a family about it? Yes, That's right. the yeah. point. Yep. Yeah. That's real talk. Good, I actually love that analogy. I, yeah. That was really was. good. That's, that's so a good one. Yeah. All right, everyone, we have an election coming up in four weeks. An NFL superstar sports analyst and mental health advocate, Brandon Marshall, was here with important information we all need to know. <laughs> Family, how you guys doing? Let me tell you something. We are blessed today. Yeah, we got that. Okay, <laughs> we are blessed today at this table. Yeah, we got four smart black men yes. at the table. Super I love yes. it. I love it. <laughs> the whole voting process is just, it's intimidating. I thought there was a gap that wasn't being filled, and that's teaching people the mechanics of voting. The inspiration for me was uh, hearing professional athletes uh, be vulnerable. I'm in this group chat with a lot of Hall of Fame football players, and a lot of these guys said I never voted before. A lot of these guys said, you know, they don't even know how to register. I am one of those guys, right? Like, the first time I voted was in 2008, and I didn't know when I went to the ballot box that I was going to be voting on 25 different races. I had no clue. It was like a pop quiz for me that I wasn't prepared for. Right. I was looking at where's Obama's name, and, and that's it. Nice. We got to be honest with ourselves, and, and, and we got to understand what we don't know. Yeah. And there's a lot of us that's going to be voting for the very first time. There's a lot of us that feel like our vote doesn't count. So who is teaching that, that group of people how to approach the ballot box? How do I register to vote? Yeah. Right. There's 13,000 different voting districts. The deadline to register in Florida is different than the deadline to register in California. Do we know that? Can we register the day of? But right. yeah. I think yeah. the, the first time I voted was the hands down most stressful day. Yeah. Sure. I literally almost was in tears because I didn't understand. That's right. There's so much here. Who are these people? What is their main focus? Right. What is their main... What's their I job? I was lost. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. And I really agree with you that we need thorough education on how to vote, who is going to be on the ballot, exactly what they stand for, mm -hmm. because it's very, very confusing. We got people ready to go vote, but when they get to the ballot box for the very first time, they, they don't even know if, if their ID is valid. Thankfully, people like yourself stepping up, brother. I want to make sure that we let people know who might be intimidated just by us talking about it. You don't have to fill out every one. In other okay. words, I think people get in and they think, oh, I have to answer all these questions. You could go in there yes, literally, I, and, yeah, me too. but you don't have to. You can literally vote okay. for just one. By you guys giving us this opportunity to have this discussion, now people are going to hear this. Because I didn't know that in 2008, Van. Like, we don't know this, right? Like, we got to have these conversations. I didn't know that either, yeah, Van, to be honest My with mind you, is blown right now. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like you I, don't you know. have to check everything. Yep. Google is a powerful tool now. You can Google and ask these questions. The search term you want to look up is sample ballot. Okay. Oh, I didn't even know that. But make sure the sample ballots come from somebody that you trust, from somebody, a group, or somebody like this brother here who has your interest at heart. A group may actually have a sample ballot to let you know you vote for whoever you want to vote for, but this is who we're backing. I come from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're the poorest county in all of Pennsylvania. I, I don't I don't know anything about politics. I had to Google, I had to use Siri, right? And I, I'm still learning right now. It's important to note that it should take a couple of weeks for us to sit down as a family 
really break down the election and break down the candidates. It should be a part of our tradition that we sit down as a family and literally go through, whether it's 23, 24, 25 different races in our local community and at the federal level, uh, because there's some of us that don't know. I know there's some people in my neighborhood It's like, yo, that doesn't affect me. You know, my, my vote doesn't count. My vote doesn't matter. Yeah, I think well you said. made a great point, Brandon, as far as getting the family together mm -hmm. to have the conversation and making that a tradition. Yes, yes. that's right. I think that is a really, really, really great point. Yeah. I want to just drive that home. Don't, don't be um, afraid or ashamed to talk to trusted friends Amen. and family because I've been voting since I was um, of age. That's amazing. It's been quite some time now. <laughs> but I am not somebody who is politically inclined and politically aware all the time. And I had no problem talking to my parents when they were alive. I would talk to my yeah. sister, mm -hmm. talk to my husband, whichever one I was with at the time. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Damn. Being spicy. You know, to help me, you know, decide who I was going to vote for. What I would say is simply this. It's so important for you to vote with your people, with your friends, with your, your, your spouse, your lover. In, in other countries, it's a day off. It's a community celebration. Um, it doesn't have to be something you just have to sit off by yourself and not know anything and feel bad about. I love what Brandon is doing. He saw a void that needed to be filled and jumped on in and is doing what it takes uh, when it comes to, to voting. You know, a lot of people are hollering, vote, 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 but don't know how to. I love what Van is saying about go with somebody, go with your people, you know, and, and y'all help each other. You gotta educate yourself on state and local stuff a lot of times in our depressed African-American communities, we don't understand all of these intricacies. But they just don't like want you, us to understand because like they don't want us to vote. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about voter suppression. If we don't understand, if we don't think it's important, if we don't think our vote counts, then we're not going to vote. The thing to me about voting is um, we have to be very honest with our people. You cannot get everything yeah. you want by voting. But you, can yeah, lose, yeah. But, but you can lose everything you've got by not voting. Okay, that's the yes. truth. And so, that's okay. so, okay, so, we, so let's just be 100% real with it. Sometimes we're voting defensively. And then we say, well, I voted. I didn't get what I wanted. That's like saying I did two, two sit-ups. Now I'm not in shape. Well, hold on a second. It takes more. You got to eat right. You got to jog a little bit. You, it's a whole lot to make a strong community. Voting is a part of it. Yeah, that's, that's a really Only important agree. Thing. We've never had this much political consciousness. And what happened to Cube happened to so many people. Now you have so many people pulling back the curtain. And I think because of what Cube is doing, a lot more are going to pull back the curtain. Yes. Wow. That's what I love about this contract, because even for me, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm up to speed. <laughs> Just to realize you ain't. Yeah. So... My phone went out, so I'll plug back up. So I don't know if y'all missed me or not. <laughs> if y'all missed me or not, but I was gone for a minute. That's OK. I'm like, my battery went out. That's all right. Grab a plug, all right. That's all right. Back. Listen, before we go, I just, as a black woman, just want to say how it is just so awesome to sit here mm -hmm. with three black men who are so intelligent and really taking the time to have a conversation with the community. You know, each of you are doing so much for us, mm -hmm. and I just want to thank you, especially during this time. Um, having black male leadership yeah. is so important. It is so important, and I just want to thank you three 
for just representing the way that you do for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You thank know? you, guys. Yeah, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. I mean, thanks for doing this show. You know, it's cool to see, you know, three generations of Black <laughs> women discuss topics for the whole world to get a chance to see this interaction um, with a family. You know, it's just great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, I'll here. come back anytime. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to have all three of you right here at the table <laughs> yeah. when this pandemic yeah. is no. over, we'll OK? God bless. Thank, Thank you so you much. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, the goats. That oh was beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. Was really that was awesome. amazing. I learned a lot. I just want to tell our Red Table Talk family, check out Cube's contract for Black America, yes. because I really got a lot out of it. So just please check it out. Oh, Whenever I'd be acting up, you would go, you want the dragon lady? Yeah. <laughs> and I would you go, remember that? no, I don't want the <laughs> dragon lady. I like, remember that. Dragon lady and a couple times the dragon lady came out and I said, never again. Yeah. Uh, uh, you want the dragon breathing lady? Breathing fire. <sighs> Who you want, mommy or the dragon lady? I know. Because <laughs> they both here. <laughs> To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, but we loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. Right. Right. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, already know. a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, Gangster Rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blue part? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.